Hello and welcome to The Naked Scar. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And in this episode we'll be looking at School Reunion. So, let's go straight for Andy's Plot Synopsis. Can we get a little bit of jingle music? I'm working on it. Okay, excellent. Better than I'm not stuff really. That you ha- <laughs> okay. Right. Maybe I can find some. I've got enough 80s Doctor Who music that I can probably find some synth bit playing underneath this. <laughs> Does I'm it not- always have to be with the synth? Yes, I love synth. That's why I love 80s Doctor Who music. Oh, you know what? Just in case you guys hadn't figured it out, the the uh, music at the end, you know, the dee 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 dee. That's dee 60s. Bit. That's fi- that's the fish people yeah, thing. I know, but it's London. still like, ugh. But yeah, anyway, there was a plot synopsis going on here yeah, somewhere, so wasn't there? Andy's plot synopsis. Go. <laughs> Right, okay. School Reunion, uh, Tenth Doctor episode, notable for the presence of Sarah Jane Smith. Yay! Um, okay, basically, um, the Doctor takes a position as a teacher in a uh, modern comprehensive school, and Rose uh, gets a position working in the kitchen, uh, which she looks less than happy about. And it's uh, uh, quickly apparent that there's something weird going on. There's a child in the class showing abnormally alien intelligence, and it turns out that actually the uh, teaching faculty have been replaced by giant bats. Yeah. You, you couldn't see that then, but I was like sort of it, making bat wings. It was a beautiful bat impersonation. <laughs> it was fantastic. I'm, I'm flapping now. Anyway, um, yeah, so um, a giant bat and Sarah Jane turns up investigating why the school was previously failing and has now gone to being an excellent school and the pupils are all oddly well behaved. And um, uh, Mickey is there too, and, and Canine, and yeah, they they sort of take down the evil bats, and the day is saved, and it's all very emotional. You you you've left out. Oh, I don't know the fact they're trying to crack the um something paradigm. I can't. We've just watched it, and I can't think of what it's called. But they're trying to crack it basically the, the God equation. The, the God equation, yes, the code be, of the would, universe. Which would, which is why they need the children to to to, and they could remake reality. And, you know, yeah, they were put... using the children as a giant computer, like uh, to try and crack this uh, god code. Yeah. Oh, apart yeah, from I, I that, forgot that bit. You did, yeah. You, apart from the central plot point, you did very well there. Well I, done. I think I really got over the point with the giant bats. Yeah. Although nobody can see me doing no, this no with my can. arms. No one can. That's very true. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the... <laughs> I feel like I do that a lot. You know, you say something, and I just go, hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in the real podcast. <laughs> What do you mean, podcast? This happens just all the time, anyway. This is true. You are like this most of the time. Now, I'll say this at the beginning. I am trying to cut down and using the words what's interesting or that's interesting or just using the word interesting too much in this podcast, having suddenly become very aware of how I speak. Nothing, ladies and gentlemen, makes you more aware of how you speak than editing your own podcast (laughs) and having to listen to yourself speak for half an hour and you become very... Very it's conscious okay. of your speech patterns. For anyone out there who's been fapping every time Adam's used the word interesting, I've uh, decided to try and put it in as much as possible into this episode, this very interesting episode. Wasn't it interesting, Adam? What was your favourite bit of the interesting episode? Can we can we just do this, please? Can we, can we just thank <laughs> I you? I asked you a serious question. Okay, serious question. Well, c- because this is the first real strong link between the original series and the new series because yes. there'd been hints previously like the most obvious one would have been in Dalek in the first series where you saw these old school invasion style Cybermen head yes. you could have always argued before then that maybe this was this new series was brand new and happening in a for lack of a better word new continuity though as I've often argued using the word continuity in a time travel series you might as well just run your head repeatedly against a brick wall but it's the first direct absolute direct link we get 
with Sarah Jane Smith and Kaline. And it's very obviously the originals, because if, if they had been doing a new series, I think they would have updated Kaline's design. Which I'm really glad they didn't, because I, I thought that they, they, they were showing, they could have done, they could have, you know, improved him. Yeah. But actually having an old, rusty canine is quite sad in a way. It makes you realise how long it's been. And yes. it's quite almost like something quite emotional for an old fan to see this rusty, bro slightly broken down canine. No, I have to admit it. It was really nice. It was a it was a lovely episode on on many levels, many many levels. But one of the things I did like the most was the fact that Hand of Fear, um, the last episode that Sarah Jane appeared in in the classic inverted commas not inverted commas. No, 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 not the classic bit. Not the last Five Doctors. Okay, no, that is a point. But, but five I doctors mean, doesn't really count because it's so many people. It's not yes, really and, about. And, and we, we, we don't really a big nostalgia like to think about it, do we? I'm not, it, I'm not, fond of five doctors, right. but I, it's deeply flawed. But it I am is, fond of it. Right, okay. But, uh, but I don't think we should talk about this too much because this is about school reunion. But yes, anyway, that was. <laughs> you had. I'm sorry. Were you? Were you? Were you just telling me off for going off topic? <laughs> I thought it might make it more interesting. Right. <laughs> Um, but yes. She... Anyway, um, um, but hand of fear. Uh, it's 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 right as she brings up again in in school reunion. Um, he does leave her. She doesn't choose to leave. That's no. the difference, is it? Exactly. It? She... He does leave her in the middle of Aberdeen, and it's heartbreaking. I always thought that episode was really really sad, and so I'm kind of glad that she got to come back and have her her little you know and have it out with the doctor and get some closure on that. Question. Yes. Would this uh, story have worked with any other companion? What do you think? And then I'll give you my opinion. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, oh, that's a really... Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. That's quite a deep question um, to ask when I've got a limited amount of time to think about it. You've got plenty of time. I can, I can edit out long pauses in this, remember. I often do, usually my own. Right, OK. I'm mentally going through a couple of companions. There are a couple that I can think of that might actually have the potential to be brought back. I mean, the most obvious one would probably, to my mind, be Susan, because mm -hmm. of her link to the Doctor. And and also because of the fact that so much time has gone past now, um, and, and also her character was uh, always, you know, in the context of the later series, it was, it was always kind of... Uh, uh, an, quite mysterious, you know, quite unexplained. You know, you never quite knew for certain what their relationship was and all the rest of it. I, I think she would be an interesting uh, but one to bring back. it wouldn't have the same emotional... It wouldn't have, would have the same emotional impact. It would have a different emotional impact because she's his granddaughter. Yes. But it wouldn't have the same uh, parallels with Rose that they were obviously going for mm. in this. You, you know, because that would have been creepy. Yes. <laughs> very, very. Who else do you think they could have brought back with the same kind of impact for the audience? It's, it's hard to say, really, isn't it? Because, of course, the first person I think of is uh, Joe, Joe Grant. But uh, they she have left... brought her back, though. They yeah. Well, yeah, they it's did bring in, her in back Sarah in, in Sarah Jane's uh, adventures, yes. But, uh, but no, it was... Um, she left uh, uh, TARDIS fairly happily, though. You yeah. know, her storyline was more resolved. Um, oh, oh it's, it's a difficult one. Um... Not bloody Mel. I always thought it would be quite interesting to see what became of Ace, mm. but I always think that she would have vastly outgrown. Um, well, yes, actually, in a way, sort of outgrown uh, the Doctor um, because he was such a sort of ooh, emotional crutch for her. You know, he's, yeah. he's sort of. Um... He, he he was very much, and you can see it actually 
during Ace's time in the series. He's, yes. he's kind of like a father figure. Or, or, he is, or, yes. And he does help her, particularly in like the series 26, you know, she... By the end of that, she does seem more of like a young woman but the than thing a teenager. Is, uh, of course, um, Sylvester McCoy's doctor played such games, even with her, that I, I can imagine her sort of, you know, going off into the world and making a real thing of herself, which she does in, in a lot of the spin-off media. I was going to say, this is thing, she's and, already had several leavings. And yes, uh, yes, I, I, I can, um, you know, imagine her coming back to the doctor and actually, you know, sort of thinking to herself in her head, Ah, uh, you know, it, 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 all that game playing, it was just too much and, and seeing a new Doctor and, and yeah, I, I, I don't think it would have the same emotional um, resonance. Again, there isn't the same parallel with Rose yes. because, again, the relationship uh, Ace had with her Doctor was, was a far more... Yeah. It was far more like grandfather-granddaughter. It was a lot more, in some ways, like Susan and the first yes. Doctor to an extent. It wasn't a romantic one and, again, it's a little bit creepy... Yes. If it was, it it doesn't work. I mean, the thing about Sarah is she's a very well remembered companion from yes. the past series because she was, you know, she was with Pertwee, she was with Tom Baker, so she was there at the ser- for the original series at the time when it was, well, she was very also popular. There for a long time and as it well. was exactly, and she was at the time when it was very popular and very crit- critically acclaimed, or at least as cr- as critically acclaimed as the original series ever got. And so she, for a lot of the parents, say, watching the school reunion with their kids for the first time, she'd be a companion they re- they would remember. Yes. And that's important. You couldn't have gone for someone like Dodo or Perry or someone not obscure, but perhaps at a time when the series wasn't as popular or wouldn't have been as well remembered. You know, she's a very iconic companion. Yes. And because, you, you know, even down, she was in so many classic stories. Genesis of the Daleks, top of my head, which is often repeated. Yes. Of, well, not often, but as much as the original series ever gets repeated on mainstream television, it's usually something like Genesis of the Daleks. And also, she is the a companion who, to contradict what we said earlier, has come back. First of all, in do 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 K nine, K nine the company, which we are going to do an episode on. We absolutely because I love, but it's going to be entirely talking about that theme tune and that title sequence, which I love. With a you disturbing... see, sometimes Adam is just sitting around, you know, nothing particular is happening. He's got his laptop there, and then in the background, you'll hear this do 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 K nine, and he's just playing the introduction clip on YouTube and laughing to himself, you know, as, as Sarah Jane having a jog, and there's K nine on the wall. How did we get there? And, we don't know. And there's Sarah Jane drinking a glass of wine. But they obviously must have run out of budget for that title sequence because then they had to repeat it all again, but uh, with <laughs> jump cuts. So there she is, having the wine again, jogging again. Wait, 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 she's watching driving a car. wine on children's television. But no, no, this is, this is something we should all talk about when we do Canine and Company. Oh, yes, good point. But I do consider them not using the Canine and Company theme tune at any point during this episode to be a great, great loss. But <laughs> but yeah, so she obviously she had her own spin-off, even though it wasn't... Well, it was. It got like nine million viewers, so it was successful, but it never obviously became a series. And she was the one companion at the time. Like it, uh, John Nathan Turner did ask her to come back yeah. uh, for the end of Tom Baker's run uh, to be a. She'd have been a Peter Davison companion, which is yeah. an, odd, an odd thought. And obviously, speaking of that, she then was obviously in the Five Doctors. And while it's not, she doesn't have the emotional reunion that she has in School Reunion. You can't really do that in Five Doctors because there's so many no. people, so many things happening. The and they they were with... making up as they went along. That's virtually, it. That's so. the problem with Five Doctors, essentially, is, is the fact that it was a just because episode. It, it wasn't. It was never going to be it deep was, and meaningful. No. It, it was just like, hey, I've got a great idea, anniversary special, Five Doctors. You know, uh, the rest will just write itself. And it didn't. 
<laughs> we'll have to find something else to say when we actually do five doctors. Yeah, we will. But I'm sure we will. Uh, most of it will be bitching. In fact, I think we should do that episode I, drunk. I, I do quite like five doctors in, in a weird way. Really? I'd say it's, strong, it's stronger than three doctors, wait, which wait. I haven't watched for a while. Is it quite interesting? Don't make me stab you in the eye with this pen I happen to have. <laughs> okay, I'm just looking at my notes now. Um, it's a great Mickey episode. I really like it as a Mickey episode. Yes. Because uh, what they do here is they give him a real sense of self-awareness. It's like one of the moments he goes, oh God, I'm the tin dog. He kind of recognises the fact that he is the comic relief, almost. Yes, uh, Sarah Jane um, uh, is, is sort of trying to draw his attention to the parallel between uh, uh, what K-9 was to her and the Doctor when she was companion. And also... I don't necessarily would say it's a parallel, because they're not... Similar, but I think well, it's no, just but, that realization. She, she does. She does. She is obviously trying to draw it that sort of direction. I think um, because you know Rose is the new her, and the Doctor is the Doctor, and what does that make Mickey? And then he has that realization. Oh my, you know, and he's he's trying to big it up. He's like, you know, I'm their tech support. I'm their. Oh God, I'm the Tin Dog. <laughs> and it's it's a great moment of, of and this is what I quite liked about the 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 new series, and it's something I think they picked up a little bit from uh, appropriately enough uh, Buffy and. Angel that Joss Whedon thing of letting the comedy characters kind of evolve a bit so they didn't yeah. just stay being a bit useless. And here we see Mickey being quite proactive. He, he's the one who calls the Doctor and Rose in to investigate. He finds yes. out and he calls them in. They don't turn up and drag him along. Obviously, he chooses at the end to go off with them. He wants to be part of it. Yes. I, I think that's nice. In fact, and he asks. He doesn't yes. just choose, he asks. He sees that once again, it's uh, him being proactive. He, even though, you know, he was very much like a comedy character, I was always quite fond of Mickey because no, me too. I do think he got treated dreadfully by Rose. And I realised this when I was re rewatching uh, re the Eccleston stuff recently, actually how badly treated he is. You know, and there you... is quite a long history in Doctor Who of, of women becoming companions and then treating their uh, boyfriends like absolute shit. Really? Not in the original series so much. It never really. Well, okay, in the original series, I guess it is more a standard really how women were. Wow. Okay, in the new series, yeah. um, it's it's one of these things, standards of the time. In fact, I'm fairly sure that it wasn't really mentioned for a lot of the companions, whether or not you just assume that they probably were single, and so they could yeah. sort of have this weird pseudo thing going on with the Doctor at times, and um, mm, only very rarely. I, I think that there Romana, are lots of instances. And that's about it. No, really. I think there are a lot of instances where the uh, female companions over the years have definitely been. It's never fully stated. I mean, this is one thing about this episode is that you can look back at those other episodes with Sarah James, City with her with Baker, Morgan with Pertwee, and you could think, yes, she could be in love with him. It's not. And she does uh, specifically say to Rose at the end when Rose is saying, "Should I go back with the Doctor?" And she says, "It's some things are worth having your heart broken for." Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, heartbreaking. Um, um, be in a few different contexts, but uh, I, I, I do think it's it's the, the implication yeah. is definitely there, especially when we uh, understand what Rose later uh, becomes to the Doctor as such. And like I said, you can look at those episode episodes, and it's not totally beyond the realms of possibility. You know, it doesn't clash with what you you see. No, I wouldn't say it's it's a regular thing, and I don't think I'd want it to be a regular thing because it would feel odd. Here's a, here's another question for you. Rose is really quite nasty to Sarah Jane Smith right from the start. It, yes. may, it may seem like a complete bitch. Now, do you think it's understandable? Do you think it's justified? or do you think, I think do you it's think very it's... understandable. How old is Rose? Is Rose 19? 19, yeah. Yes, yeah, 19. 19. I mean, Jesus Christ, she's 19 years old and this, this woman has turned up. 
But it's you know, literally straight away. They're in, they're in the school investigating aliens. It's not like they turn up to a dinner and the doctor's brought her along. I know, but it's it's just when she realises. Um, I, I suppose that it's that sort of arrogance of youth kind of thing that they're trying to get across. That Rose, you know, boldly thought that because the doctor had mentioned no one else before, that she must be the first one. That she was special. You know, and then she realises, actually, no, I'm just one in a long line of young, dumb people who have wandered, you know, away and and, uh, and allowed myself to be caught up in all of this. And, and also, I think there was probably that awful thing going on in her head that what Sarah Jane represented to her is the fact that one day she was going to effectively get dumped by the Doctor as well. Yeah. And well, they, yeah, I mean, she talks to the Doctor about that, doesn't she? Yes, yeah, she they, does. They, they confront each other about that. Uh, it's the first real hints of future romance between them, I think. I mean, beyond there'd kind of been little bits of hints with the Eccleston stuff, but this mm. is the first. They almost say it, but don't. But yeah, it kind of makes her seem slightly unpleasant yes. in a weird way. And she's not. It's not really, in some ways, a great Rose episode because as much as she has this stuff with Sarah Jane Smith, she doesn't do a lot in the episode. It's, no, it's actually doesn't. either Mickey, Canine, Sarah Jane Smith, or even the kid Kenny. Yes. Who does who does a lot more than Rose just kind of bitches at Sarah for a bit, has a bit of an argument with the doctor, and then runs around a lot. She doesn't do much but else. It's quite important in terms of her understanding her her role um, mm. with the doctor. There's a great bit where um, uh, Sarah says something along the lines of, "Oh, is this your new assistant, or you're the new assistant?" And Rose is like, "I'm not his assistant," you know. And uh, it's it's quite funny uh, that sort of knowing look that Sarah has in her eye. I, I, to tell you the truth, I think that um, Sarah is possibly a little bit, you know, not quite behaving like an adult on, on her part and, and maybe, maybe winding it up just a little bit. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I so. uh, Elizabeth Sladen is great in this episode. She, is, she, she she's comes brilliant. back like she's never been away and she plays it very well. She never overplays any moment. Yeah. Even when she's upset, she kind of keeps it like yeah. when K9 blows up and she just, she's just going, no, no, he's just a dog, stupid old dog, stupid tin yes. dog. And then she just. Her face is brilliantly played in that, just kind of crumples a little I bit. I might have had a little tear in my yeah. eye, and I don't even like K9 that much. There, I said it. You know, it's funny, I um, recently started watching the new series. In fact, we've watched it all now, uh, from Eccleston to Matt Smith with my girlfriend, Lauren, as a way of introducing her. And she's become quite a big fan, of, this, of or at least of the new series. And we watched this episode, and she couldn't stop laughing at K nine the entire time. She just kept <laughs> laughing at his voice, and I was just, and I, yeah, at that at his final scene, I, I, I find myself welling up a little tear in my yeah. eye, you know, as an old school Doctor Who fan, and she's just going <laughs> affirmative. <laughs> she's like, but obviously in a New Zealand accent, which I'm not going to put on the internet, or at least my ver- version of a New Zealand accent. Yeah, there are some things that you put on the internet that will just never be deleted. Um, but it's just quite funny. You wonder how many of kids new to the series' reaction was... How many people new to the series had this reaction to K9 where all the old fans like, oh, it's K9, they're like, stupid 70s dog. Stupid <laughs> 70s metal dog with a silly voice. But I think kids like... Uh, quite like K9 they always have done I think kids these days still because you know he's a metal dog that shoots lasers out of his nose what's what's not to like they're not going to go oh he looks a bit 70s no no I'm, I'm sure they would like it but uh, now that you've uh, mentioned Lauren actually I feel that we should probably talk a bit more about Anthony Head in this <laughs> because no. there's a scene the, the, actually Adam should tell it the, the scene where uh, the doctor confronts Mr Finch uh, around the swimming pool I watched this with Lauren and she looked at it for a while and went this is really hot are they- <laughs> Are they going to kiss? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But you can write some fan fiction if you really want. <laughs> but Anthony Stewart Head is brilliant in this. Absolutely brilliant. He plays such a great villain. 
And as I said to you, it's almost a shame that there were rumours that he was going to play the master. And I'm kind of sorry that never happened because he'd have been a brilliant master. He is, even even when he is creepy and a secret bat, he is very hot. He is, he's, he's definitely got Silver Fox status. Also, here's, here's an idea I want to throw at you. Mr. Finch in this is the devil. First of Okay, explain. Well, first of and I mean the devil in the sense of temptation, like the serpent. Ah, uh, yes, okay, no, that makes sense. Because when the doctor's confronted with the, I'm going to call it the God Equation because I can't remember its actual name, you know, he is genuinely tempted. You can see it, his reaction. And it's wonderful. It's something that would only really work with, a, I think, with a post-Time War Doctor. I don't know if it would work so well pre, with, before that, but it would, and with a tenant and, and looking and tempted. And it's, he does, because he doesn't walk, walk away from it. It's only that quite sad bit where Sarah Jane Smith goes, no, it is equally defined by loss. And again, that's something only she as a companion could deliver to him. Yes. No, it could be something Rose could say. It had to be her. Yes. But that, the way he tempts him, no, it's interesting as uh, well it's, it's that you say so, about uh, the whole post-time uh, uh, war thing, because there's a tenant line uh, where he's uh, in, in the swimming pool scene where he's facing off with uh, Anthony Head, and, and he sort of says, oh, I used to have so much mercy, but you get one chance. Yeah. And, and yeah, it is, it's, it is a... a e- even the name, Mr Finch, sounds almost like something... I don't know why it rings a bell for me. I, I've looked, I can't find the word Finch ever been using as a satanic alias, for lack of better words. It sounds like something you could imagine. It is a bit of an evil name. It is an evil it? name. You can almost imagine it being a. It a, sounds a, a bit like Flint. A name set if I'm going to talk about Satan like he's real. That we would use it. It doesn't. You can imagine it. Yes. And even down to his looks, kind of that slick like back. Like the sort of slick back hair so, and, and 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 that wonderful scream he has. I and knew that there was a reason I was so attracted to him. And it's, 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 I'm going to use the word now. It is interesting because this is the series where we later on have the impossible planet in the Satan pit, which does actually have possibly Satan in it. But it's a very different sort of Satan. Yes. Where, where the, Mr. Finch is more about temptation and offering, offering, you know, the, the apple of knowledge. Yes. And, and that Satan well, it is... was partly the apple of knowledge, but it was more the apple of being able to change I things to make them. I know, I know, but I'm just. But he offers knowledge, basically. Yes. Whether that the Satan in Impossible Planet is obviously far more like the evil it's overlord. It's a malevolent malevolent presence. There. Oh yeah. By the way, now that you've done it, I'm just going to take this opportunity to do my little interesting dance that I just made up. Give me an I. Give me an N. Don't know. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. No one can see this. It's not funny. You're not as clever as you think you are. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, always. Where were we? Yes, Anthony Stewart Head. Yeah, I mean, he's great. And so you can see where I'm coming from with the... He, he's a, almost a satanic figure in this episode. Yes, no, I, I, I can understand that. Um, and, and, and when you uh, say that, actually, the... Uh, oh, oh, God, I've just forgotten the name of the... Bat. Crelatine. Uh, yes, uh, thank you, uh, They They are actually very devilish-looking creatures, like, you know, yes. winged sort of demons. Um. I think they're really interesting spe- uh, alien species. I... The idea of a, a composite race. That yes, cha- uh, that takes the best uh, evolutionary parts. Of, uh, I, I think we could bring them back and do interesting things with them, looking at that idea. And because you could always sh- change as well. Yes. So if you wanted to be a different look, it's completely conceivable. It wouldn't be problematic. So I, I would, they would only species. I think they've appeared in some of the spin-off, like I think in the comics maybe, and I think there's a book as well. But on on screen, I think they could, they could definitely bring them back. Uh, of course, the idea of 
of a school where the teachers are monsters is a very Doctor Who idea in many ways. It's a very classic Doctor Who idea it's that hasn't really to... been done before, which is surprising no. when you think about it. And it's an interesting it contrast. It is going to appeal to children a hell of a yes, lot, you know. Exactly. And it's an interesting contrast between um, the original series and actually Mordred Undead, when you think about it, and the new, where the original series, it was in Mordred Undead, you see, you see a boarding school, and in this one it's a comprehensive, which... I think it says a lot about how BBC drama has changed in a weird way. In all fairness, for the purposes of the story, it probably would have had to have been a comprehensive because the thing that first alerted them um, uh, to the change is the fact that the, the school had been uh, failing, etc., um, which you, you wouldn't get with most Did they actually boarding say that? schools. I don't know them saying it's failing. I, 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 I oh, believe that's the implication. Sarah retro- Jane specifically yeah. says that the school, you know, and, and um, in the time that Mr. Finch. Um, uh, had uh, arrived there um, in, in six, I think she said in six months that the results had improved so exponentially and then it was what alerted both uh, uh, Mickey and okay, herself yeah. to the school um, in the first place so no, I, I don't think it could have worked with a boarding school I, I don't think that that's the particular reason behind it. Well um, the one thing I will say about this episode uh, slight criticism is the oil is a bit of a MacGuffin. Yes. Uh, and it's strange enough because this episode is written by Toby Whithouse, who also wrote Vampires of Venice, and I really like both of those very much. He's, yes. one, he's one of these writers that I'm always happy when he writes a uh, story. I mean, because he also he does obviously Being Human, which is yeah. pretty good, uh, very good, actually, something I also enjoy. And I really like his stuff, but both in this and actually in Vampires of Venice, when the sun vampire explodes when Amy shines a compact at him and then you've got this with the oil with them just exploding and it's not quite clear why they would actually risk using something so lethal to them and just keep it in large barrels hanging about I mean that's not the first time something like that's happened in Doctor Who but it's just it is a bit of a MacGuffin to end everything I I can accept it as that it's not it doesn't pull me out the episode I just think it's a bit of a strategic fail on their part to keep lethal substances to them and even why it's lethal is a bit. It's like, oh, they've changed so much their own oil is toxic to them. I'm like, I don't think that's how evolution works. It's a MacGuffin. I, I, I can. I bet it you as I one. can find a scientist who could prove that wrong in about two seconds flat. Dave. You, you can, <laughs> no, it's no, fine. I, you can get scientists who don't think climate change is happening. But that's very true. They're, they're idiots. Ooh, politics. Possibly. Can I just say actually something not kind of related to the episode? This calling it the new series and the old series. Can we still call it the new series? It's been going for six, seven years now. Yeah, actually, since 2005, 2005. and it's now 2011. That's yeah. uh, six years. It's, it's, no, seven. I think 2005 counts as a year. Oh yes, sorry, yeah, my bad. It, it, my bad. <laughs> that's you know, embarrassing. We're, we're ba- seven years. We're basically up to where Pertwee started in the original. Mm. I mean, we've gone for the same number of doctors as well. Uh, well, you know, the, the the more contemporary series, but you sound like a knob if you say that, so... It's it's like, I said I might do this actually on the last episode, no, but my rant about people calling it the classic series. Now, yes, it's good shorthand, I understand that, and they refer to it as BBC as a classic series. They, they never treated it as a classic when it was being shown, it's worth pointing that out. Or well, even no, in the you years, you never know that you're sort of making a classic. Well, no. You have to but remember they... that it was actually a bit of a, you know, sort of like... It had become a byword for something that was a bit, you know, it, it's sort of not not the same as carry on, but just one of those quirky English things that nobody ever thought, you know, people would sort of be reviving all these years down the line and then moaning about all the, you know, lost uh, Hartnell and, and um, uh, Charlton uh, episodes. And but yeah, so they, I don't they, think they, anyone who ever commissioned it foresaw it becoming the world's longest running science fiction series. Oh no, well, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But that, and the BBC used the term anyway. I was saying the BBC used the term classic. 
series. That seems to indicate, to me, if you use the word classic series, that seems to indicate that all the stories were great and, and in the new series doesn't quite match up to it. And that's not true, because there are some diabolical new series episodes, but let's be honest, there's some diabolical old ones as well. And I just, oh, God, yes. For me, I've always considered it part of the same series. It never... I mean, actually, that's what we were saying earlier about this being the uh, school reunion being the first really strong link between the old and new. And I don't like to think of it in terms of old and new. I just think of it as a continuing series. Yes, there was a bit of a gap in between. So what? And I find it weird that people used to think it wasn't part, the new series wasn't part of the original. So you know what I mean? I like to think of it as one continuing running programme. I think that people do think of it as one continuous uh, running programme. Oh, They're just um, uh, making uh, the uh, well the point that it was actually um, uh, decommissioned um, at the end of the 80s, and then with the exception of the, you know... Uh, again, no, I understand what people... I mean, you don't want to launch a new series. They didn't want to launch the first Chris Eccleston series and call it season 27. Yes. Because that would have been silly. I wanted this is new, blah, blah, blah. And they wanted to get new people in. And I completely agree with that. I think that's absolutely the best approach. But I'm just saying in my head, I don't think of it as classic and new. I just don't think of it as the same programme. No, it is the same programme. In I, fact, I, they do, and especially, um, you know, in a lot of the recent regeneration scenes or when enemies have been perceiving the Doctor and there's a flashback to all his predecessors. Uh, the, the most notable recent example is uh, Matt Smith's regeneration and, and he calls the... Um, giant eyes. Yeah, the giant eye. <laughs> Look at what hardcore uh, yeah. fans and, and, are. And they have, they, they, um, yeah, they, they have the flashback. Yeah, 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 and they have the flashback and it shows each, um, each Doctor. Um, I, I suppose that the trouble is I have with calling it the classic series or the new series is it, for me, it taps into a certain... Some people who are Doctor Who fans don't like Doctor Who. It's, it's like being trapped in a loveless marriage. Oh, it no. is literally... Like, imagine you're married to your wife for 30 years, and then one day you come downstairs, you sit opposite her, you lean forward and you go, I wish you were still Tom Baker. <laughs> and I don't, I don't understand that. For me, yes, the series has been, sometimes it's been good, sometimes it's been bad. Sometimes it's been magnificent, sometimes it's been cringeworthy. But it's still the same thing and it should be enjoyed as such. And I'm only having this rant because we run out of things to say about School Reunion. Well, really? it was only 45 minutes long. Yes, this is true. Maybe this is what we're going to have for the new series one, because it's going to be like really quick episodes. Oh, and then there was the bit where the Brigadier appeared. And... No, <laughs> that doesn't happen. No. Not in anyway, I uh, hope you've enjoyed this, folks. I guess we get inf information about us and where you can contact us. If You, you can email us at nakedscarf at gmail.com. You can follow our Tumblr at nakedscarf.tumblr.com. <laughs> and now you can follow us on Twitter. Because we're hipsters. I don't think... What, Tumblr or Twitter? We've got both. That definitely oh, makes us hipsters. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, and uh, what's, what's our Twitter? It's at Naked Scarf. At Naked Scarf. And you can talk to us and, well, I'll probably reply. I tend to be one of the to Twitter. <laughs> and the Tumblr. But that's because I'm such an uber hipster that I already have my own Twitter and Tumblr. So, you know, I, I actually... I'm very bad at logging out of mine and, and logging into the Naked Scarf, but that's okay, you can talk to Adam. He's a nice person. Admittedly, he doesn't have quite such magnificent breasts, but, you know... <laughs> you you make us so crude, you know that. You make us so <laughs> crude. You're just like, I'm a girl, I've got tits. This is why we have to have an explicit tag. This is, I don't know what the people don't know you think when they listen to this. I know a lot of our friends know you and we'll probably just brush it off. But I really don't know what, 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 what other people will make of you sometimes. Oh, dear. Oh, what? You mean I've got dual interest in being a Doctor Who fan and a real person?
Oh dear. Anyway, next <laughs> episode, uh, which will hopefully be out in about two weeks' time, uh, we're going to be looking at Carnival of Monsters, Yay. our first jump out week. Incidentally, my dad's favourite Doctor and my dad's favourite Doctor Who story. So, uh, lots of funness there for me. Not my dad's favourite, unfortunately. He thinks I'm a fucking geek for all of this. My dad's awesome. Well, my dad says it very affectionately, but he still says, you fucking geek. Well, we'll get back to our parental issues in the next episode, <laughs> shall we? Oh my god, I've got so many. Yes, we, we could dedicate a whole podcast to, to, you, to them. Anyway, folks, take care.